What are some big city challenges for a medical student who moves here from southern Utah? How is our new curriculum going? Today on Talking Missions and Med Student Life, I interview Rebecca, a first-year medical student from southern Utah. Helping you prepare for one of the most rewarding careers in the world. This is Talking Admissions and Med Student Life with your host, the Dean of Admissions at the University of Utah School of Medicine, Dr. Benjamin Chan. All right, welcome to another edition of Talking Admissions and Med Student Life. I'm here with uh, one of our star first-year medical students, Rebecca. Hello, Rebecca. Hi, Dr. Chan. Thank you for coming in. Um, and so let's get right down to it. Um, so... Cedar City, St. George, Southern Utah. That's where I'm from. Yeah. That's where I went so to school. So what's it like coming up here to Salt Lake City for medical school? So I'm from St. George, um, which isn't a small town, but it, it's, it's fair size. But then I've been in Cedar City. I went to Southern Utah University for my undergrad, and I've been there for five years. So I got very used to Cedar City, and that is a smaller town. So coming up to Salt Lake for med school... Um, that was a challenge in of itself just because I've never lived in a big city. Mm -hmm. So not just school being challenging, just living in Salt Lake has been challenging. Tell me uh, a big city, Salt Lake City problem that you encountered. I didn't know you had to pay for parking in some spots. Parking is free in Southern Utah, huh? Yeah. Okay. You just park. And if you have to walk two blocks, you complain. Here, if you walk two blocks, that's amazing. You're mm -hmm. like, wow, I park so close. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I've told my Cedar City friends, I say, if I hear anybody complaining about Southern Utah University parking ever again, <laughs> I'm going to come down and beat somebody because mm -hmm. it is um, much more challenging up here at the University of Utah. I, I do acknowledge that there is a lot of high density parking and housing around the mm -hmm. campus. So yeah, yeah, but it's remember. doable yeah. once you know what you're doing. That's I, now that I figured it out, I'm fine. So how do you get to class? Do you drive or do you walk? It or? depends. Okay. Um, some days I drive. Uh, I live right on the tracks line. That's the the train that goes through town. Um, and most days I do take that just because I live about two blocks from a stop and it takes you right up to the to the university. Cool. Excellent. So, Southern Utah University. So, for all our high school listeners out there, sell them on SUU. Why should they attend SUU? Uh, if you're th thinking of going to medical school, SUU has a great pre-med program, a pre-health program. They, the Rural Health Scholars, they house not only pre-med, but uh, dental, optometry, nursing, um, just about anything health-related that you want to go into, RHS. Mm -hmm. uh, Rural Health Scholars is going to help you with that. Um, the majority of our students are pre-med. And that's what I fell under. Um, my senior year, I even worked in the office. That's how much I liked the program and how much I believed in the program. So I worked in the office and, and I had a great experience. And because I had that support system at SUU in the Rural Health Scholars, I prepared me very well to apply to medical school. Awesome. Did you know you want to go to, uh, did you know you want to become a doctor right out of high school? I mean, is that why you chose SUU? I had, um, you know, I had my list of like 10 things I wanted to be when I grow up and I, and I wasn't sure. I didn't think at f initially that I was cut out to be a doctor because I heard how hard med school was. I heard how hard residency was and how hard even pre-med was. So I started out um, studying business. And then a few years later, I took some of the science courses and I did fairly well. And I was so close to finishing business. That's what I actually got my degree. And I just finished my business degree. And then I continued in the pre-med coursework and I was enjoying it. And I was volunteering in clinics and I really liked it. And I decided, you know what? I am cut out for this. I can do this. And like I said, I was, I didn't choose SCU for the RHS program. I was very fortunate that the RHS program was there. So it was just a happy coincidence. Very happy coincidence. Oh, cool. What, what is Rural Health Scholars? What is that? So Rural Health Scholars, what they are is um, a framework uh, for 
uh, pre-health students. They provide support, advising, um, seminars. The information you're looking for to get into graduate school for a health program, um, um, they're going to provide it for you. They're going to they're going to and essentially show you where what you need to do, where you need to go, and then you go and do that. And then they'll, and then at the very end, they say, okay, let's put your application together and let's, let's get you to the graduate program you want to go to. So this is like community service or physician shadowing or what kind of experiences are these? All of it. Um, some of the physicians that I shadowed, I was connected to through the RHS program. It's physicians who they themselves um, had mentored RHS students in the past, or they were just very interested in teaching. So they had approached the advisor of the RHS program said, send students our way. Um, that's how I got involved with some of my physician shadowing in the rural areas and around Cedar City. Cool. So, um, and then how did the office prepare you for, the, for your application? What are some tips you can give our listeners out there? From day one, um, um, if you can, I would keep a journal of what you're doing. I would keep a journal of places you're volunteering. I would keep a journal and it doesn't have to be anything extensive. It can just be dates. Um, who was your supervisor? If there was a supervisor there and what, what's something you learned? What's a cool experience you had? Because when you're a senior or a junior and you're going to go apply to medical school, uh, you're not going to remember all the cool stuff you did as a freshman. So if you have a record of it, mm-hmm. uh, I would highly suggest keeping, uh, whether it's a notebook or an Excel spreadsheet, just keeping track of all your hours, who you're working with and what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be invaluable when you go down to um, apply to medical school and uh, want to write down all those experiences that you had. Okay. So keeping a journal, keeping track, I think that's great advice because – yeah, when I think back to my undergraduate days, I did a lot, and then as time goes on, you kind of forget, or oh, yeah. you're not sure who a good contact person is for that, or you know, even the name. You know, sometimes names can be very amorphous. So, like, yes. what, what is the name of that organization I actually volunteered with? Yes, so that's great. So, um, filling out your application and use the journal. What, what what other tips do you have? I mean, did you do any practice interviews or? Or how many schools did you apply to? I mean, what would you say to those questions? I did mock interviews. Um, Southern Utah University, they had a speech and presentation center on campus, Mm -hmm. and they had special time slots for the pre-med students. And so I took advantage of that. I I did two practice interviews, and they were invaluable because from what happened with me is I was so nervous just in the practice interview. um, It seemed like I got all my nerves out there, Mm -hmm. which would have been... um, I would rather get it out there than in the actual interview. And so that was very helpful. Uh, In addition, um, there were uh, seminars that RHS put on uh, about how to dress. I didn't know how to dress for an interview. I mean, I could dress nice, but some of the like the little tips, like um, like if I was going to wear a skirt, uh, I for example, I'm wearing uh, pantyhose with it. Like I didn't realize because that's like, no, that's my grandmother's generation. But then I went to these interviews and I saw a lot of girls who were wearing skirts that were too short mm-hmm. without pantyhose. And, and I just realized, wow, I do look very professional. And I would never have known to do, do that if I hadn't gone to this this uh, seminar on how to dress for an interview. Now, I might be, an, I, I, well, I think I'm on unfamiliar territory here. But <laughs> I, what I gather from watching the applicants on their interview days here is that the vast majority of women wear pantsuits. Is that what you correct? Call yeah. Them? Yeah. Okay. Pantsuits. So, okay. So, but 
there sounds like there are people out there who wear skirts. Yeah. And you should wear pantyhose. Yeah. Okay. I'm I, glad, I, I, I'm of the opinion, yes. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm communicating this information to everyone. Yes. So I'm learning just like you. But yes, so. the majority, I think majority of my generation, um, women, we go for pantsuits, but I chose to go for a skirt. Okay. So um, you got into medical school. I know you got in other places. So, uh, but we're really excited you came up here to the U. I'm very excited to be here. Uh, so, like, tell people, what's your experience been? I mean, you're, let's see, uh, this is December, so you're about four or five months in. So, mm-hmm. what's your experience been? Um, it's been interesting. There's been a lot of ups and downs. Um, I've hosted a few students who were interviewing um, up here at the U, some of them my friends, some of them um, students that were just assigned to me. And every single one of them has asked, they're like, is med school as bad as I hear? And I, the only answer I have is it depends. It it's very, it's variable on the person. It's variable on, um, for like, for example, for me, uh, living in a big city was tripping me up. It wasn't the schoolwork that was tripping me up. It was living in a big city. So it just really depends on the person and how well you've prepared yourself. And so how do you prepare yourself? Um, there's a lot of courses you can take that aren't necessarily prerequisites for med school, prerequisites for the MCAT. But it's not going to hurt you to take them. Like, for example, anatomy is not a prerequisite for the University of Utah. But if you have the chance to take it and if you have a good anatomy program at your undergrad, I would say go for it if you have the time. Because you're going to take anatomy that first semester and it's going to take up a lot of time. So whatever exposure you've had uh, prior is only going to help you. It's not going to hurt you at all. Did you take anatomy? Before I did here? take anatomy. Okay. So you feel like it's really helped you? Yes. Okay. There's some other students um, in my class who took a lot more anatomy than me, so they're even more prepared. But I'm very glad at least I didn't come in with nothing because there's a few of my classmates who just seems like deer in the headlights every time we have an anatomy lecture because they've never seen any of this before. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're they're doing all right. They have to work a little extra hard at it, but that's all right. All right. So um, so ups and downs. Where are some more ups? More ups. Um, so here at the University of Utah, the first semester, we have weekly tests or weekly quizzes mm-hmm. every Monday. And... There's during, been, the, during the first phase. During the first, the first phase, the first semester, yes. And so some of those ups are um, when I was sure I wasn't getting the material, I was working so hard at it, and then all of a sudden I would get my quiz score back and I was above average. There's been a couple of times I've been above average, the class average, and I felt, wow, because I'm looking at my classmates thinking these are some really stellar people. So, do you, I mean, I'm not even sure how that works. Do you get your score back immediately? or No, it takes a few days. A few days, okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, and so. then, the, and I believe there's a time you can review your answers. You yes. have the answer key. Yep. You can review it. Mm-hmm. And are you allowed to petition for like partial credit or how does that work? If you feel like a, a question wasn't worded properly or um, it was just a bad question or maybe that wasn't even covered that week, mm-hmm. we have uh, a chance uh, for 24 hours after the quiz, we actually can um, um, petition the uh, quiz writers uh, saying we don't agree with this. And, and they have um, in the past if... If there was a legitimate reason why that question was unfair, they have thrown it out. Yeah. So, you know, because I went to this medical school many, many years ago, and I remember during our quizzes, our tests, you know, it was paper, mm-hmm. first of all. You, you do like, – On the iPad. I, the iPad. There's always iPad tests. Like, everything's yes, online. Everything's on iPad. So back yeah. then, they would just pass out the tests, and we would be in this big classroom, and we had to sit every other, you know, and that was how their way of preventing cheating. Yes. And – the, the quiz instructor had to sit in front of everyone, and if anyone had any problems, they would just go down and talk to them. And sometimes it would be a line of 10 to 15 people, mm-hmm. and then the quiz instructor would get very – well, not – sometimes they get very exasperated. And then the chalkboard, they would write, 
question 10, you know, this word, you know, they would just kind of clarify something. Mm-hmm. And I just remember I was never that type of person because I always – there was 10 of my classmates who always went down there. Yes. I, I feel like, well, they're probably asking about question 10 because I have a problem with it too. But I, I'm too lazy to go down there and fight for it. So, But, you know, so is that same dynamic hold or – I guess you can't tell who's asking. We – it's um, now – if any problems come up, we ask them after the test, okay. which is nice because then you're not using your quiz time because right. the, the quizzes are timed. You only have 60 minutes. And right. so um, any of those problems. And we all talk after the test. And mm-hmm. so usually you can tell like which ones people are going to complain about and, yeah. and things like that. And so um, I think the way they have it set up right now, I think it's a just it's a great system. What about the group tests? I personally really like the group tests. I got very lucky with my group. We click. We work well together as so a team. So it's assigned. So explain yes. to people what the group test so, policy is. Like, so how's that done? after the – you take the individual um, test and then immediately after uh, you open up another test. It's the same questions. But now you're sitting with a group. And so it was assigned uh, randomly. I, I, Me and three other people were assigned to a group. And – what we do is we open up the group test. It's all the same questions. We go through it as a group and any ones that we have questions on or disagreements on, we talk it out. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's enough time that if I'm not understanding something, but I can ask one of one of my group mates, I say, can you explain that to me? And, and um, since we do have a test on the iPad, uh, instead of pen and paper, we actually are provided with a whiteboard so that if you need to write anything out or draw anything out, you have that whiteboard there. So even during the group quiz, we have those whiteboards. And so somebody, you know, if I'm like, I'm really not understanding this one branch of the brachial plexus, then one of my classmates can draw it out for me and explain to me why that's the correct answer. And I'll be like, oh, cool. And so the point of the group test is to enhance our learning. So if there's anything that you missed, hopefully if you if if it didn't if it didn't clarify during the test it can clarify during the group mm-hmm. test because all this material is going to come up later in the finals and then also in um, next semesters. So how much does the group test score with worth? I think it's like one percentage point. It's really 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 low. Okay. It's more to enhance your learning than to I really thought, enhance I thought it was your grade. Worth more. I thought oh, mm-hmm. it's only one percent. Yeah, it's it's I'm very tiny. Okay, <laughs> I have to change my presentation now. Okay, so um, and, and this is after every test or. In the years past, it's been after every test. Uh, this semester, we're doing it every other test. Okay. So half the class will take the group quiz, half the class won't, and then we switch next week. Mm-hmm. And the reason they're doing that is because the course directors of the first semester, they wanted to know empirically, they, they're actually doing a study. They want to mm-hmm. see if empirically they can prove that these group tests help us. I personally think they do. Mm-hmm. I know they help me for sure. Um, but so now we're doing every other week and they're going to look at data at the end of the semester, see which questions we got right and wrong, see what we got right and wrong on the final, which is comprehensive. And then they can say, okay, did we find any proof that these group Excellent. quizzes are helpful? So when you submit the group test, is it just one group test score you submit or or do you just resubmit your own test? I mean, if for example, on question 10, if, you, if your two compatriots really feel like it's C, but you really strongly it's still B. Are you allowed to still say that or do you have to come to a consensus or how does that work? So we do each um, our we're doing it as a group, but we're still submitting an individual oh, okay. test. And so it's it, and there has been times where uh, I'm adamant. I'm like, I'm pretty sure this is the right answer. And my other three people, my other three group mates don't um agree with me and so i mark something different and then we are able to see the answers afterwards and we're like oh <laughs> who is you right, were who right is yeah, yeah we can see we can and we've all taken turns doing that who was right who was wrong there was one um one of my group mates i think it was the very first quiz 
um, we all disagreed with her. We we're like, no, that's not the right answer. We've never heard of that term before. That can't be the right answer. And she was adamant. She's like, this is the right answer. My dog had this. That was her reasoning. And then so we all submitted something different than her. And when we got our when we looked at the answers afterwards, she was right. And we were all wrong. Wow. Wow. Very cool. Very cool. So ups, you know, you found out you're above average. What are smarter ups? <laughs> Not always. <laughs> Enough to feel I, good about I myself. I think we can, re- we can officially record this podcast always. <laughs> always. Okay. Um, some other ups. It's been, it's just really nice in general being here. Mm-hmm. I worked so long in undergrad. There were so many um, times, you know, after an OCHEM test or after an OCHEM final or so many times that I'm like, I'm sure I'm never going to make it to med school because it's so competitive to get in. Mm-hmm. And then the application year was very stressful and it's, I think it's stressful for everyone. So to just be here in general, doing what I want to do, finally feeling like I'm here now that I'm in, I'm, they want me here. They're in the school invests in me just as much as I'm investing in the school. And so, and so they want me here. I want to be here. I'm very excited to be working towards becoming a physician. That's awesome. Your classmates? Love them. I have a great group of classmates. Okay. Um, I think they're really fantastic. Um, w- within any group of people, there's going to be people you like, you don't like, but mm-hmm. overall, I think I have some pretty cool people that I get to spend the next couple of years with. Excellent. Um, lows. Where are some lows of the first phase? Uh, being away from home. Um, I, like I said, I'm from St. George and I went to Cedar City, so I'm about four or five hours from home. Um, and so this we just got past Thanksgiving. That was the first time I was able to go home and spend some time with my mom and, mm-hmm. and my dad and, and, and my step parents and my brother and sister. And so that was much needed. And, and while I love my classmates, we are so busy that we're so stuck in our studies that sometimes it is hard to make friends. And so being up here away from my support system, um, has been difficult and challenging, but, mm-hmm. but I know I'll find my place eventually. Okay. That's good. That's good. Great. So, you know, you know, closing out, like, I appreciate you coming on the podcast, Rebecca. Yeah. I was going to ask you some more questions about Cedar. So tell me about this Shakespearean festival I keep on hearing about. Oh, Shakespearean festival. It, um, so it's this, uh, regional theater Mm -hmm. that we have in, uh, Cedar city, Utah, and it runs through the summer into early fall. Mm -hmm. And Cedar city, if you, if you end up, uh, if any of the listeners end up going to SUU, um, for school, I would highly suggest at least spending one summer in Cedar City because Cedar City in the summer is a totally different feel than Cedar City during the fall and spring mm-hmm. when all the students are there. Uh, in the summer, most of the students leave um, for work or go back home or wherever it is they're going. And so staying in Cedar, first of all, it's just beautiful weather. And then one of the many things, uh, it's it's the name of the city, uh, it's Festival City USA. And the Shakespeare Festival is one of the many festivals we have during the summer. And, and Shakespeare itself um they'll have traditional shakespeare plays they have uh more modern plays shakespeare and otherwise sometimes they make shakespeare into modern plays um kind of a modern setting just to kind of give a shakespeare a new twist did you participate as a student i never participated i was always in the audience but i i never um, was acting or in otherwise Uh, i know a lot of um su students who need summer jobs and decide to stay Mm -hmm. um this summer in Cedar, they can get jobs, um, as, uh, concessions or ushers. And there's all sorts of opportunities for, for employment. Okay. Fantastic. I guess my last question, just kind of going down my list 
is that, again, like, you know, when I interact with uh, students, pre-medical students, there's always this feeling of, like, what's it like to be, you know, what's the schedule like? And what would you say your daily schedule is like? I mean, how much time are you putting into studying? I'm, I'm putting quite a bit. Um, and this is another good advice that uh, I would have for students is if you're really serious about going to medical school, the sooner you learn to study well, it'll only benefit you. Mm-hmm. Um, in undergrad, uh, I was, what am I, it's a, it's a blessing and a curse, but I'm really good at taking tests. And so sometimes you don't always study as well as you should, just because I know that I can figure it out on mm-hmm. the test. But I'm seeing now more that I get to medical now that I'm here in medical school is I need to be synthesizing, synthesizing, what's the word I'm uh, synthesizing. synthesizing this information. <laughs> I can't even say it and I need to be doing Symphony. it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I need to be making connections between all my classes and I need to be internalizing it. Um, because essentially I, I'm eventually going to be applying this knowledge to patients mm-hmm. and I'm not, um, it's not just a multiple choice test. When you see a patient, you're not in a multiple choice test. You're seeing a person that you're mm-hmm. treating. And so, uh, now that I'm here in med school, I feel like I'm, putting a little bit more study uh, in than some of my classmates. And that's just because they already got into really good study habits. They, they put the effort in undergrad to get into good study habits. Whereas me, I'm learning them here now, yeah. which is part of the low. It's a, it's a little, it's a little stressful. Mm-hmm. Well, I think you hit upon a great point, Rebecca. I mean, I tell students all the time, you know, medical school is not about, it's not strictly about memorization, regurgitation. Mm-hmm. It's much more that synthesis you talked about. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like that's really kind of borne out this year for you, mm-hmm. correct? Yeah. All right. Excellent. Well, I'm glad you're here in Salt Lake City. Any other tips for people outside of Salt Lake City? I'm just curious because I've never heard anyone like like bemoan Salt Lake City so much. So I'm just curious. Any problems at grocery stores, getting lost? It's, it's like I said, it's a great – Dogs. Um, it's a great city. Okay. I'm so excited. I In Cedar City, um, if – if it's after nine, you don't have anything to do. Mm-hmm. And when I'm done studying at nine, I can go find something to do. Okay. Whether it's indoors, outdoors, and all seasons, summer. Um, you can go outside in the summer. You can go outside in the winter. There's stuff to do in Salt Lake City after nine. Yes. What do you like to do? <laughs> uh, I prefer, I actually like dancing. And okay. so I've gone line dancing, swing dancing. Oh, cool. Yeah, I really, I really enjoy dancing. Where are dancing. some good dance spots nowadays? Uh, for our over uh, 21 age, there's the Westerner. Okay. <laughs> it's a bar and grill. They have a great dance floor. Live music on the weekends. Is that is that like country dancing? Yeah, that's, okay. that's country. All right. That's country. Cool. Um, so that's one of my favorite spots that I've found so far, and I'm sure I'm going to find lots of others. Uh, a tip, if you are from a small town and if you've never lived in a big city, if you're moving to any big city, uh, Salt Lake, for med school, I would suggest not moving up the weekend before like I did. I would give it at least maybe a week so you can at least find the grocery store and the. <laughs> was that on purpose or? Did some... I just wanted to spend as much time with my family oh, as okay. possible. <laughs> I was about to say you just okay. And then, but then once I got here that first week, that was rough. <laughs> just yeah. Trying to find my way around and make sure I'm on time for all my um, scheduled sessions. Mm-hmm. Uh, up but at this the is U. orientation week. Right? This is orientation okay. week. Yes, right. and orientation week is its own is is its own beast. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, you don't know anyone. And, yeah. And you kind of, everyone's kind of feeling each other out. Yes. Oh. Yeah, but it was it was good. Okay. Cool. Well, Rebecca, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. And good luck on finals in a couple weeks. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Talking Admissions and Med Student Life with Dr. Benjamin Chan, the ultimate resource to help you on your journey to and through medical school. A production of the Scope Health Sciences Radio, online at thescoperadio.com.